Episode 7, From Sleeping in Your Car to Six Figures, with the game changer, Nick Tilia. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Many people pay lip service to the idea of transforming their life, but so few are willing to make the sacrifice and commitment needed to discover their purpose and bring it to life. And that's why I wanted to introduce you to my buddy Nick Tilia today. He calls himself a game changer and transformational coach, but it was just two and a half years ago, Nick was sleeping in the back of his car in Los Angeles while attending a personal development seminar to discover his purpose. During our recent interview we did in Scottsdale, Arizona, Nick discusses why he took out $200,000 in loans to get a master's degree for a job he didn't get hired for and why it's the best thing that happened to him. Why curiosity is one of the most important traits to help you change your life. How the job you currently hate could be preparing you for the dream job that you love. Why it's important to release the obsession over how to reach your goals and just start taking action. The valuable example he wanted to set for his kids by risking his family's financial future. And how to shift your mindset to focus on possibilities instead of limitations. Nick is one of the most inspiring people I know in my life, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. If you love the conversation you hear today, let us know you're listening. Just screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. You can find him at Nick Tilia, T-I-L-L-I-A, and you can find me at CSC Dan Mason. And don't forget, you can always follow us here on the iHeartRadio app or click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And please share this with a friend. I'm only seven episodes in here. I'm still trying to get this message out to as many people as I can. So if you're inspired by our amazing guest, please help us spread the word. Also, I'm creating a brand new community so that you and I can connect together on a daily basis. I want to hear your aha moments. We can talk more in depth about the lessons you're learning from the guest on Life Amplified. So I've created a private Facebook group for all of our listeners around the world. Just go to facebook.com groups slash Life Amplified and you can join our power tribe for the Life Amplified podcast. We'll talk more about that coming up at the end of the interview, but in the meantime, strap yourself in and enjoy an inspiring conversation with the game changer, Nick Tilia. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a dear friend, he is a trusted mentor, and he has the best damn beard and personal growth. Nick Tilia is on Life Amplified. What's up, my brother? Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, man? Man, it is so good to see you, and it is so good to see the success that you've had. When you and I first met, uh, we were actually in Mastin Kip's coaching program. Seems like ages ago now. Yeah, I know. We, we were in the cult of Kip together, as I like <laughs> to call it. <laughs> and we were both just starting out. I mean, we're right. fledgling coaches walked away from what we thought were our dream careers of course. and set out on this new endeavor. I really want to ask you about this because you've probably seen this as a coach and for the listeners listening right now, they probably experience this. When you're ready for a big change and you feel called within yourself 
to play a bigger game, to do something better. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's just to put yourself out there to love again after heartbreak. Maybe it's to take your health seriously. The first instinct for people is to talk about why it can't happen. Right. We're conditioned to argue for our limitations rather than talk about the possibilities for our life. Absolutely. You, my friend, hung your balls out the window and really put yourself on the line in a powerful way that most people wouldn't. So tell me just about the journey of leaving your career and actually sleeping in your car in Los Angeles to go invest and work on yourself. So I actually began, you know, years prior to that, I went through what was looking back a horrific divorce. And that was the time in my life where just going through an absolute storm brought me into the spiritual world, into all the things that I wasn't open to prior that I can look back now and see that that was the thing that was a catalyst for me beginning to discover myself and discover that there was actually more than the things that I had put all the emphasis on before. You know, when you lose what you believe is your purpose in life, which I thought was my family at the time, you're left with nothing. You feel like you're left with nothing. So you go on this like self-discovery of what is it that I am here to do? If I don't have this, then who am I? What do I have? So I actually went from that place of feeling hopeless and helpless to beginning to understand that there are things out there beyond what we had been conditioned to believe. You know, the, the process of that, I begin to rebuild my life, but I'm still in the career. I'm still teaching. I'd resolved myself to the fact that I wasn't going to do anything else in my life. You know, I think a lot of people have that realization like, okay, this is it. I'm going to continue down this path. We go to, we go to school, we pick our career, we have our families, and then we just kind of live out life. And the American dream really is like, mm -hmm. I've got to be in one place for 40 years working for that same company. I mean, at least that's the way it was for our parents and our right. grandparents growing up. I think that's shifting. Yes. But you really felt just chained to, I'm going to be at this school teaching this subject, this class the rest of my life. Yes. I always had this vision for more, but the further along you get, the more in depth you get into, this is all I have, the dreams start to fade away. But Fortunately for me, that was always there. And there were always, you know, whether it was an event or some wake up or some, something that I got exposed to, being exposed to Mastin Kip, being exposed to uh, Marie Forleo and Wayne Dyer and Oprah. Those are the things that got me onto the path to believe that there actually was more. So for people that are thinking about this, there is always those subtle nudges in your heart, in the back of your mind that there is more to it than just this. But I was in that place where I had just resolved myself to the fact that this is what it's going to be. So I began to get what I call practical at the time. And I was thinking, okay, so how can I monetize this the most? How can I you know, move forward with this that's going to make me the most money? Because if this is all I have, I might as well make the best of it. And so seeing the limitations, not seeing the possibility, not seeing the dreams, I actually went back and I got my master's because the school that I was working for, they, they essentially said that I was in line to be the next principal. So I was like, okay, so go back, get my master's, get my principalship. One of the best things that ever happened to me was just before leaving the teaching job, they opened up this position for a principal job. So I'm, okay, I'm, I'm the fit for this. Like it's in the school that I work in, I'm the, the right-hand man to the current principal. He's leaving. It just makes sense for me to step into this. I've done everything that they've asked me to do and I don't get the job. Mm, did they tell you why? They picked somebody else that they had been grooming without telling me that that was the position they were going in. Call it nepotism, call it whatever, it didn't go my way. Now, most people would take that experience and say, the universe is against me, God mm. is against me, my soul is crushed, nothing ever works out for me, it never has. Mm. 
this is the end. For many people, that is like the beginning of the nervous breakdown. Right. How did you process it in that moment? Did you go to the dark place or was that for you the sign that it was time to move right. forward? So initially, of course, I mean, the natural response is to go to the dark place and to be pissed. Like I was prepared for this. I gave up two years of my life going into a master's program to get prepared for this. And so you go to that dark place immediately. Mm -hmm. But I knew too much through my own spiritual journey and through what got me out of you know, the hole I was in in the, the divorce proceedings to know that what was happening was something for me. It wasn't happening to me. Life wasn't against me. I'd seen too much evidence of th this in my life to believe that. So quickly, we made the shift. My wife and I both said, this is the best thing that could have happened. We don't know what the reason is now, but we're going to remain curious. And that's as much as anything. When you don't know what the meaning is, just remain curious and see the possibility that it is happening for you. One of the books that changed my life when I was trying to figure out my life's purpose was The Alchemist. Yes. And if you've never read The Alchemist, for God's sake, go get that book. Do it's, it now. Yeah. It, it's just a parable. It's an easy read. But one of the central ideas of the book is that the universe is always conspiring in your favor. Yeah. And that you need to take every little thing that happens and look for the sign in it pointing you in the right direction. Is that what was starting to emerge for you? Is that how you cope with the disappointment? You begin to see things that you didn't see before. You begin to notice the things. You begin to know that like your intuition and the instincts have been there all along. You just turn down the frequency or have been ignoring them. I think it was Mastin Kip actually through a tweet or something. I remember him saying, you know, what if this is the best thing that ever happened to you? And I was like, how could this be the best thing that's ever happened to me? Like, I'm miserable right now. I'm crying my eyes out. I've lost everything that I ever wanted, but I got curious. And with that curiosity, the universe can reveal the things that are meant to come into your life. And with the openness, with the willingness to be able to see how things are unfolding, you never know like what miracles can come into your life. So I took that same feeling, that same belief in that moment. Okay, I didn't get the principal job. I'm pissed. I could be mad. I could be angry. I could you know, fall back into a deep hole. Or I could just get curious right now and see how this is the best thing that ever happened to me. And it wasn't long after that, that I began to see signs everywhere of the potential of coaching, of the potential of essentially doing what I was already doing, which was teaching, coaching, recognizing patterns, changing lives, but doing it on an online scale, doing it without the, the, the current paradigm of like having to work in a job, doing it without having to have, you know, the structures in place and essentially be my own boss, which now looking back makes sense because freedom is a huge driving force. It's a huge emotion in my life. And as a teacher, I was sacrificing that freedom. I was sacrificing the ability to create how I wanted to feel every day. I was sacrificing my joy. I was tied into like who I had to teach, who I had to, you know, accept as my students and, and worse, the parents, all the teachers out there, like you understand like, the worst <laughs> part of that is the parents. It's not even the students. It's the parents. It's the administration. It's all the restrictions that you have on those elements of your life and realizing that there was actually a paradigm outside of that that allowed me to do what I loved and do what I naturally did really well, but in a completely different environment and a completely different sense, that was what began to get me excited. You know, I think that this is such an important point for the person right now who's listening, who is stuck in a soul-sucking job, where it was the job they thought they wanted five years, 10 years, 15 years ago, but now they're joyless every yep. day going in. And I was having this conversation with somebody else recently. I mean, I've talked about my background coming from radio, 
and you know, working for 18 years in the radio industry. And I thought when I left the industry that I hated it. Mm-hmm. I told people, I was just, I, I hate it. I hate being here. And the reality is, is what I can tell you now with hindsight, and I just had this epiphany, is I hated the person I had to become yes. to climb the ladder and succeed in radio. Yeah. I felt like I hated being inauthentic. I felt like I, ha- I, I, like I hated going in and feeling like I had to be a kiss-ass, that I had to be this slimy, smarmy sales guy you know, when working, you know, managing up the ladder or managing down the ladder and all the same skills though, that I'm, that I used for all those years, I'm using right now, right? Both one-on-one with my clients, I'm communicating, I'm speaking, I'm listening, I'm empathizing, but even in creating this podcast, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for the person who's listening, is it fair to say if you're miserable in your job, maybe you're just not in the right vehicle to live your purpose, that all those skills are still within you. Mm. You can utilize them, but in a way that feels better. Absolutely. I think that everything that you've experienced up until now, whether it be in the career, the, the low points in your life, the high points in your life, all of it is preparation for what you are meant to do at a bigger level. And so often we've been in an area where you know the, the skills and tools that we have are being utilized to an extent, but it's not in integrity with who we are. And I can think now, like if I was a, a principal right now, who would I have to be in order to make that work? And it's in many ways, the exact opposite of who I am and who I want to be. The way that I can express myself, the way that I can make choices for myself, the way that I can you know, really bring my purpose into the world in a powerful way would have been limited by what I had to be in order to be a principal. You had to be you know, political. You had to be you know, the, the dig- dignitary in all moments. You had to choose what other people's expectations were of you and not what you are able to deliver at a high sense. So it's not that you're in the wrong area. You are giving your power away to the paradigm of thinking that it has to be within the structure. So one of the things that people can do to really discover what it is that they want to do, what they're passionate about, is taking all the the skills, the things that they currently have available to them, what they do in their current position, their current job, and seeing how that could be transcended into a different area of life where they don't have to be that person that they don't like being, where they can literally be who they are and not only have massive amounts of joy and and be passionate about what they're doing, but have it be very, very monetizable. So you walk away from the teaching job after how many years? 10 years. All right. A decade so, of that. Yeah. A decade of everything that you would work for. You even took on all this student loan debt, I'm imagining, to get oh, the master's. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in it. Yes. How's that going right now? <laughs> not fun. Not fun. It's still there. And you end up going to Los Angeles mm-hmm. with little money to afford like the hotel and you sleep in your car to go to a personal development yes. conference. Yes. Why do that instead of just focus on, well, I don't have enough money? What was it within you that knew I've got to figure this out and I'm going to go shower at a local gym and make this work? And that's the big thing is like release the how. Know that you have a vision for something and just begin saying yes to the path, say yes to the journey. So I released the how. I quit the job. We don't have anything in savings. My wife and I are both teachers, so we're, it's summer and no income coming in. And I get this amazing opportunity to go to an event with Mastin Kip. I was actually given a scholarship for it. So three days prior to the event, I find out about this. And my wife's like, you got to go. I was like, well, logistically, like we don't have like anything for me for hotel, barely have like any money for groceries. 
as crazy as it as it sounds, my father, who like has hadn't ever really given me money or anything, gives me I think like a hundred bucks. It's just enough to like gas to get to you know, California and back from Arizona. So I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta find a way to make it happen. So got enough for me to get there in terms of gas, and I sleep in my car for this four day event. Almost couldn't drag myself to going into the event because it was so like emotionally charged with me doing something that I'd never done. I'd never been someone who had taken those risks, but I just felt that calling, that pulling that I had to be there no matter what it took. So I go to this event, four days, I sleep in my car, I shower at LA Fitness, paid five bucks a day to be able to use their facilities and shower and everything. And the event was transformational. It changed my life. It helped me to get clear on what my life's purpose was. It gave me a vision moving forward that this is what I was meant to do. And I made a decision in that moment that I was never going back to teaching. It's funny, I'd actually taken a job getting paid like 15, 16 bucks an hour um, doing interventions in the home for families with children with disabilities that I was supposed to start when I got back. And I made the decision in that moment that I would not give up my power in that way, that I was going to do this on my terms. I was going to answer the calling completely. So I actually called and I quit the job before I ever started from California, before I went back. And there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, you have an amazing wife. Courtney is incredible. She's incredible. You've got four kids. Absolutely. You're the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Part of our role is masculine energy is we want to provide. We want to take care of the people around us. How difficult was that for you, given those circumstances, to still give up that fear of, Mm. I can't take care of my family and live your purpose? Right. So, I mean, looking back, if it was just me, if it was just me rolling the dice on my own life, I could could have been homeless. It wouldn't have been a problem Mm. for me. But I was literally putting, you could almost say at risk, my wife and four kids. I mean, I had a family to support. But the thing that really struck me was like, what example do I want to set for them? Mm. Do I want to show them that you sacrifice your passions, you sacrifice your purpose, and you do this all to essentially put other people first? Or do I want to show them that anything's possible? Do I want to show them that when you have that intuitive nudge to do something, you go out and you do it. You make it happen no matter what. And I decided in that moment that that was the message, that was the example that I wanted to set for them so that I was willing to roll the dice. And I didn't understand this back then, but I do now, is that you're supported in everything that you do. But especially when you are doing something that supports life and supports you know, the happiness and freedom and the, the emotions for other people, when you are doing something that is going to be that fulfilling, you are supported above and beyond what you could ever need. And so that was, that was the message for me was that I had to do that for them, that I wasn't putting them at risk unnecessarily. It was the best thing that I could do in that moment to show them what is possible for themselves. Whenever people come to me and they object to like investing in the cost of a coaching program with me mm-hmm. or with anybody else, mm-hmm. I, I always ask them, I'm like, what is the cost to you not to? Right. What does life look like in a year when you're teaching your kids that going to work every day means to come home miserable, stressed out, and no energy to spend with the people around you? There's so much more cost long-term to yourself and the loved ones. What's it like coming home with a parent who has no joy in their life any day? It's not a happy environment for a kid. But easy for us to say here, and I don't even have kids, so it's really easy for me (laughs) to say, I have a dog. I have a dog I support. Buffy needs food, (laughs) but not simple to put into practice for people. No, it's not. I mean, it's going to bring up every fear that you have about supporting your family, about what other people are going to say. That was the big thing for me was understanding that 
I have to be the example. And realizing that our kids and the people that we support, the people that we serve, they're going to pay attention most to our example and what we do, not what we say. So if I sacrificed myself and my purpose, I would only be teaching them to do the same thing. And talking about the impact on your family since then, if you look, I mean, how well, this was what, two years ago? Yeah, a little right. over two years ago. So if you look on the impact now, can you talk a little bit about what it inspired Courtney to do, your right. wife, and the impact it's had on your children? Yeah, so one of the best things was that my wife was also a teacher. Uh, we'd worked in the same school. She continued teaching for a year beyond what I did. But me saying yes to the journey, me saying yes to the possibility myself, opened up this, this, this space for her to do the same. And she went through a really difficult time during that year, kind of discovering what it is that she wanted. And when she believed that it was possible for her as well, that began to change everything. She began to see her purpose. And I asked her the question one day, I was like, if you could just do anything and money wasn't the, the obstacle, if you just followed your passion, what would you do? And she, it, was, it was clear. She, I would train, I would coach, uh, I wouldn't be teaching. That's for sure. And she made that moment, that decision in that moment, almost about a year to the day after I did, to leave teaching as well. And she left. So after a year, I was able to bring her home. Now we're both coaches. We're both entrepreneurs. We have freedom. We can do our job from anywhere. Uh, the amount of impact that we've had, the amount of fulfillment is immeasurable. I mean, we, we hear from people the way that we've impacted their lives, but it, it's almost immeasurable in terms of the ripple effect that's gone through people's lives just by us saying yes to more. Now, not only do we set the example for our kids about what's possible, no longer are they confined to the, the old paradigm of like, you go and do this and this is the way it's supposed to be. No, you chase your fucking passions. Like you go with what inspires you. You go with your purpose. And just from a financial standpoint, there was a ceiling in terms of what I was going to be able to create either as a teacher or as a principal. It's the number one complaint from right. every teacher I know right. is the money. The money and, and the, the, the lack of, of power and control that they have over their own life. But the money is the biggest thing. And so understanding now, like I am in an unlimited field. I can make as much money as I want, as much money as I make myself available to, as much money as I'm willing to receive. So I'm no longer confined to that shitty paycheck of, and the teacher salary. And I'm able to say yes to more for my kids. We're able to travel when we want to. We're able to do whatever we want. But it all began with that willingness to reject the old paradigm and say yes to more. The story is incredible, and you know how much I admire you and respect you just as an example of what it means to be a man and a person on fire for their purpose. But for the person listening right now, it's like, yeah, this is great, but I got bills to pay, Mason. Like, you right. know, I want to give them actionable steps right now for the person who feels confined where they're at, for the person who is sitting there right now thinking of all the reasons why it won't work out for them. Mm -hmm. How does somebody actually honor their dream? So the first thing is to just get curious. Get curious and allow the universe to reveal what it is that is supposed to happen for you, what it is that you have a desire for. I believe as children, like we know, you know intuitively, innately, what it is that we want to do. We know that we don't want to look into a future and feel hopeless or feel like we're confined. We want to travel. We want to have experiences. We want to have love. We want to have passion. We want to have purpose in our life. And the, the older we get and the more confined to the paradigm that we are, we begin to lose that. So begin to get curious, uh, you know, adopt that kind of like childlike, you know, uh, curiosity and amazement and wonder and start to just be open to what can be revealed in your life. And how does somebody do that? Is it just as simple as is just allowing yourself to say, if money were no mm -hmm. object, 
or if I won the lottery, I would do blank mm -hmm. and maybe start to follow that impulse. Right. Start to ask those questions. You know, if I could do anything I wanted to, if I was only doing what I was passionate about, if money wasn't an obstacle, what is it that I would do? And what you'll notice is that all your patterns and limitations come up because it, it's that, that, that R word, that realistic word, or that's not practical, or that's not going to happen. And you begin to see where you've limited yourself and the reason why you have the current circumstances that you do. I think that's one of the most par powerful starting points is to realize I have with what I've believed up until now, with the limitations that I've accepted, with the actions that I've taken from a realistic standpoint, created my current circumstances. Yeah. It can be sobering to realize, oh shit, like I created this stuff. It's not, it's not your partner's fault. It's not your boss's right. fault. It's not your parents' fault that they didn't love you mm -hmm. enough. All those things could be true, but on some level you've made a decision. I on, created yeah. this. You can decide this is the most empowering kind of revelation that I've ever had because if I've created this, imagine if I didn't believe the limitations. Imagine if I changed my beliefs. Imagine if I began to pursue what was possible and I began to intentionally and consciously create whatever it is that I want, what would be possible for me? It's, a, it's a, a moment of recognizing how powerful you are when you accept that you have created what you currently have. Once we daydream a little bit, once we get creative, start to cultivate at least a vague vision for what we want, yes. where do you go after that? So that's about beginning to honor the desires and, and really you know, calling into question, obviously, the limitations, but beginning to take some actionable steps. And I believe that when you start doing that, what is right or what the next step for you is going to be obviously clear. Like it's going to be even painfully clear. It's going to scare the shit out of you because that may mean, you know, leave the relationship. That may mean, you know, leave the job. That may mean, you know, go and start this program or start this business. It's going to be a scary step in your life. But on the other side of that, there's the expansion. So I always say, you know, pay attention to the feelings. When you think about the possibility of doing something, very often that expansive feeling is there. But then the patterns and the limitations and the beliefs, those kick in, and that's where doubt begins to make it scary. I can procrastinate. I can put this off when I have more money in the bank. Right. I, I need to have the perfect plan before I get started. Right. When we talk about patterns, I just want to give people a clearer picture of what that looks like yes. in real life. Or, you know, I need to put everybody else before myself. Right. Those are three of the most typical ones that we talk about. Absolutely. And, and the patterns are really what are going to talk you out of taking the steps that you need to. And they're there for a reason. They're there to protect us. They're there to, you know, keep us from playing a bigger game. They're there to, you know, essentially help us move along in the current paradigm that we're in. But when we begin to see them as just patterns and not the highest representation of who we are and what our desires are, then things can change. I just had a client who signed up uh, with me a few weeks ago, but one of the big things she looked at was the fact she had lost two or three family members over the last year mm -hmm. to cancer, to a variety of things. And then she had her mother-in-law diagnosed with kidney cancer on top of it. And she stepped back and she like assessed the situation. What she saw were people who worked and worked and worked their entire life. They finally retired. And then within five to seven years, they were done. Right. Like they literally worked their whole life to have five years that they barely enjoyed because mm -hmm. they were so tired and run down right. and then got sick after retirement that there was no enjoyment on the back end. Right. So it's that idea about creating it right now. Yes. You know, because the only place it exists is right now. That's the only time we live in is the present. Right. And if, if you can't bring it, bring yourself to a point to do it for yourself, one, look at people who are on their deathbed or these people who you've recently lost in your life and think about what their regret would be. 
It's never that they, they should have worked more, that they should have played it safe, that they should have prepared more for the future. Or they should have stayed in that place. It was always, I should have taken the chance. I should have followed the calling because you know it's there. You may have like completely tuned it out and you can pretend that it's not there. So when, when people say, I don't know what I want, I call bullshit. The change always doesn't have to happen all at once. And right. I think that that's something else too. I mean, in my life, it's funny when you take the first step, steps two, three, and four will eventually become right. more clear. Right. Most people just stay paralyzed and never take step one. Right. And that's what we see with our clients, right? They come to us for, this is the problem. This is the, the area that I want support in. This is the, the area I want coaching in. And we begin to get them to a place of like kind of balance and an integrity in that area in their life. And they're like, well, actually... Like now I want to do this. And that is like leave the relationship. That is, you know, uh, leave the job and follow something else. So it, it begins to be revealed in the different steps, but you have to take the first step. I think it was back in January of uh, this year that you and I had the first conversation about me doing this podcast. Yes. And all I did was argue for six months about all the reasons why I shouldn't right. do this podcast. Right. You said, oh, you have to have a certain audience. You have to have this. Like every limitation that, that could possibly yeah. come up. I don't up, have a million followers yeah. like Lewis Howes and nobody knows who I am. And it's so expensive to get all the equipment. And I, I think of like where I would be, where I'd be right now if I had started back in January. Right. And those were all your patterns speaking yeah. loud and clear. But I was looking at from a perspective, okay, what has always been like natural for you? What are you really good at? How can we fuse this, you know, the movement that you're, you're creating in terms of your coaching and showing up in your purpose with what you've always done well, which is the radio aspect and interviewing people and, and just knowing this industry. How can we fuse those two? But of course, your patterns were like, no, nope, no. Nope. And I'll be honest, the most terrifying episodes for me to record are the ones where there are no guests. Right. When it's just me. Just you. Because all of a sudden, I'm putting myself out there, and i got to talk authentically. Mm -hmm. And for so many years on the radio, I could just hide behind being this funny guy, and I'll talk about who Justin Bieber's sleeping with and make mm -hmm. a you know, make a shitty comment about it and right. being negative and mean-spirited, but right. people will laugh. At the end of the day, I think that that was the central fear, was right. about really putting myself out there and letting people see me, right. not a caricature that was on the radio. And isn't it funny that being the, the kind of person that you had to be to be successful in that was what you had the resistance to, what you wanted to get away from. But at the deeper level, like you being yourself was the really scary thing and allowing people to see you as you. So it's important to always peel back these layers and see what the real fear is. And then it shows up in every aspect of your life. Because when I look back, were there places in my relationship where I was afraid to speak up, where I didn't feel like I really right. could and ask for my needs? Absolutely. Was it happening with my family? Yes. Where there were places, even with clients, when I get the objections about, well, now's not the right time to invest. Mm -hmm. Was I speaking up and really arguing on behalf of them, not right. necessarily the business, but to their highest self to help them move forward? Right. I don't think I was doing that either right. for a period of time. Right. So the, the pattern that you have, it's never just about your career. It's mm -hmm. never just about your relationship. It shows up in every area. Right. And the way you do one thing, you do all things. So the way it's limiting you in your, your career or in your re relationship, it's, it's having an impact on your body and your health and the, your finances, the way that you do everything. I mean, doing this work, this belief work, stepping into my purpose, I never realized how much it was the patterns were pervasive throughout all areas of my life. 
And so when I clear it in one area and I allow myself to show up powerfully and allow myself to really challenge my, my clients, you know, objections and patterns, I'm challenging my own patterns mm-hmm. and objections. And I'm stepping into new financial possibilities for me, my new freedom, new elements of who I want to serve. You know, I look back as at my background in sports and I've always, you know, I've, I've played, I've coached, I was always the point guard, I was always the leader. And I can see how that also prepared me for this. You know, we have visions of now stepping into greater levels of leadership, whether it be working with you know, professional athletes and celebrities or anybody who's experienced a level of success, but that success feels empty or there's a lack of purpose around it. Or we know that when people expand and they're more successful, their patterns expand as well. So they're, they're, there's more stuff to deal with. And we see it play out in Hollywood. We see it play out in politics and all sorts of you know, leadership in the media now that these, these problems are, are showing themselves in public. Mm-hmm. So what you have not dealt with you know, internally, eventually it's going to be outpictured in public. And it's always best to kind of be proactive and to work through those things before it's exposed and comes out. Did that come up for you in your first marriage? I know you were talking about being miserable mm-hmm. and having these patterns that were holding you back from changing your career. Mm-hmm. But you also talked about your first marriage and just sort of laying on the bathroom floor on Christmas. Right. What was the pattern that was showing up in every part of your life then? So the pattern was putting everybody else first. It was a t- total codependency pattern of not honoring what I wanted, but getting my need for significance met by what I could do for others. And there's, a, there's it feels like a, a thin line between like serving other people and prioritizing everybody else. But it's a massively different universe when you begin to do things from the perspective of I'm the priority because if I fill myself up first, I can have the greatest impact in serving others versus being in that kind of state of energy depletion mm-hmm. where everything that you're doing is for other people. And if you really want to honor other people, I mean, this, I say this a lot, but this is so like meaningful to me. The most selfish thing that you can do is to deprive people who you serve or who need you, your family, your kids, your clients, your team, whoever, is to deprive them of the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And if you are not prioritizing yourself, then you are depriving them of that. Great way to tell if you are one of these people who's, you know, get over giving to everybody Mm -hmm. around you. You're constantly stressed out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You're resentful of what you give to other people, right? Isn't that the worst? When like somebody asks you for something and through grit teeth, you're like, yeah, I'd be happy to. Right. Man, dick. You know, like, and also the, even like the praise that you get from other people when you do show up for them doesn't even feel good to you. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like it's aligned because that level of resentment is there. There's this, you know, deficit in terms of your energy and what you're putting into the relationship. And most people think that that is how it has to be. It's the only way I'm going to get significance. This is the way that I've been programmed. And so like me taking the step of prioritizing myself and, and really, you know, putting my balls out there and risking it all it was my greatest demonstration of the love that I had for my family and the people I serve Mm. was to do that. I love that. Was to take that step. I love that. So we talked here about having the vision, you know, allowing yourself to become curious. We talked about taking the first step Mm. somewhere along the way. After you take the first step, you're going to hit a roadblock. Absolutely. Personal growth is never this linear process where you go straight through, you know, that it's a a straight shot up I-95 from point A to point Z You'll take two steps forward and a step back. What do you, how, how do you manage the setback mm. on the journey to honoring your dream? I mean, first and foremost is just knowing that it's going to be there. Yeah. And knowing that it's going to be there, why would you not 
incorporate support into your life? Why would you not allow for a coach or a mentor or somebody to help you to see that? Because I mean, even you and I being coaches, we see people's patterns. We can call people out on their shit all day, but we have blind spots on what is going on in our own life. And that's constantly being revealed through the, the support that we get and the work that we do on ourselves. So it's, it's having that support in your life to be able to guide you through those because your patterns are going to come up really strong. I always say like, if you want to really bring forward the shit in your life, like make a life changing decision and start a business or get into a relationship because all of your patterns, everything that is not healed in your life is going to come up, but it's good because it brings it into a light so that you can deal with it. So once you know that it's there, what is, what is the other element? You acknowledge that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when you're there, is it just having the emotional fitness Mm -hmm to redirect and try new action? Is it hiring the mentor? Is it faith in yourself? Is it faith in a higher power? What What is the rocket fuel there? It's, it's literally all those things. Yeah. It's having the, the holistic approach to being able to take your life to the next level. And I mean, this is, people come to us and they think that they have, they have problems. They want problems solved. But essentially the conversation is always, I want to be able to say yes to more in my life. And we, we realized like that nothing was ever wrong. We just weren't answering that calling. We weren't being true to ourselves. And we step into that conversation and that action of consistently saying more than we are constantly evolving our life. And again, our shit is going to come up, but that's to deal with it. That's to realize the beliefs that have created the certain circumstances that we have. That's the, the tendencies and patterns that you know would have us go back to playing small or to putting other people first or all the things that keep us safe in that we can, we can move through those things with the awareness. So the awareness is everything. The awareness and the intention to be able to bring things up and realize, okay, this is why I do this thing. I do this thing as a response to something that happened to me when I was young. I made this decision that I had to you know, be a people pleaser or that I had to get things absolutely perfect so that I didn't you know, get scolded by a parent or so that I always had the acceptance and love of a parent. And when we realize that these are just patterns, we can change them. We can modify them. We can modify the beliefs. We can reprogram ourselves. And everything becomes easier once we have a better foundation for that. And it's never really about the problem you have at the end of the day. No. It's your coping strategy to deal with the problem. Absolutely. When people come to me, at least, we, and I'm sure you feel this way, we never really see somebody's problem. We just see how they cope with it. Right, right. We see how they cope. We see their potential. We see what's possible for them. And that's one of the best things about coaching is when they come to us, they're stuck in the like, paradigm of their problems and their coping mechanisms. And, and, and you get this too. We get this vision for what's possible in their life with just some simple shifts. And they're limited by their current vision of what is possible. But we realize that if they will just shift a few things, anything is possible for them, whether that be a belief, whether that be from a a pattern of worry and stress to a pattern of like belief and certainty, everything can change in a very, very short amount of time. Well, I know teaching has been your life. Mm -hmm. If you went up on a blackboard in front of a class, or if we had a virtual blackboard for anybody listening to this, and you could put three master lessons, you could put three sentences on the board that you wanted everybody to leave Mm -hmm. with at the end of this, what would those be? Number one would be to begin to prioritize yourself. Begin to prioritize yourself and your desires. Begin with that because you're going to see all the resistance that you have in doing so. And you're going to realize all the things that have created your current circumstances, which is very often prioritizing other people. And people go, oh, that's, that's going to be narcissistic of me. What's narcissistic is when you only prioritize yourself and you don't do it to impact others. But for the, the, the viewers and the, the listeners out there, I don't believe that any of you, and let's just like establish this now, that any of you are that type of person that wouldn't take what you create for yourself and share it with other people. Mm-hmm. So number one is that. 
Number two would be to get clear on your vision and what it is that you desire. Get clarity on that. Begin to understand that. So with that that curiosity, you begin to open up the possibility for what it is that you want to design, what it is that you want to design and create in your life. Again, your limitations are going to come up. The things that you believe are obstacles or impediments are in the way are going to come up. And it's about continuing to move through those. And then the, the third is to just it, to take massive action. Be someone who implements. Be someone who continually moves through the process that despite the fear moves into those things. Because on the other side of moving through fear, on the other side of wanting to quit and surrendering rather than quitting is the ability for you to create whatever you want. I wrote a blog piece about that recently. I think I had called you in May of this year totally ready to give up on the business. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, for all, I was having all this great go- growth January through April. And then May, I think I made like $1,200. Mm-hmm. Like it just fell through the floor. And I was so dejected in that moment. And I asked you, I was like, am I kidding myself? Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? And you get, and that was the same thing you told me that, yeah. you know, that on the other side of the resistance, there's a breakthrough. Yes. And then literally over the course of the next 90 days, I think after that, I made more money than I did during the entire first 12 months of right. being a coach and entrepreneur. Right. And that's such a common experience yeah. is to, to hit those blocks and to feel like giving up. And in that moment, like you had support, you had mentorship, you had someone to like talk you out of it. And I was like, oh, fuck that, Dan. Like you are meant to do this. I can see your purpose shining so damn brightly. And you're just experiencing one of those moments, one of those plateaus and valleys in business, in pursuit of your purpose that happens. And it was your resilience through that. It was your willingness to surrender and make yourself available to more, to let go of some of the worry, let go of some of the stress, let go of like your idea of like how it had to happen that catapulted you to the next. And what was on the other side of all that doubt and fear and wanting to quit was the expansion. Yeah. There's always, you know, the story of like quitting, you know, a few feet from gold. Um, I see that so many times with people is they give up. The only way that you're going to fail on your journey or on your, your purpose or on the, this path toward the passion that lights you up is to quit. I mean, the thing that's going to make you quit the most is not having support and mentorship to help push you through that. That understanding that the thing you want, wants you. Yes. That which you desire, desires you back. Yeah. If it didn't, the desire wouldn't be within you. And when you operate from that belief that everything that you're meant to have also desires you and the universe is going to bring it to you and there's going to be you know, a vibrational match and, and, and connection that happens, that's everything. My brother, it has been so good. I'm so glad that you could be here on this with me. I mean, so much of this first season of the show is just me introducing my listeners to the people who inspire me mm-hmm. in my life. And I, I think the world of you. I love Courtney. You guys are... Hashtag relationship goals, as the kids say, Thank you. with the uh, heart emojis. Yes. I'll throw that in too. Goal, goals AF. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, if people want to find you online, where do they find well, you? First, I want to say I'm incredibly proud of you. Like, it, it's, Thank you, my it, it feels like almost wrapping up a journey to bring this full circle to be on the podcast with you and yeah, see yeah, all of yeah. your success and everything that you've done. You're such an inspiration for people who have been in the corporate world or have, you know, not honored their truth and what they want, that it is possible. And not only is it possible, but it's lucrative to do so. And that you can have this amazing, fulfilling life if you're willing to take the journey, if you're willing to take that first step and to, you know, say yes to the calling. So you guys can find me at Nick Tilia, two L's, two I's, T-I-L-L-I-A.com. Uh, or anywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Nick Tilia, again, T-I-L-L-I-A. 
All right, my man. Uh, we'll we'll have to do this again sometime. Definitely. It's good to see you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I told you Nick was a special guy. I love that interview. And I think my biggest takeaway that just gave me goosebumps was when he talked about risking his family's financial future so he could be an example to his children of what was possible. So many people hide behind their kids and use them as an excuse to not take a risk, to not bring their purpose to life. But Nick risked everything so that he could let his children know that they can achieve anything that they want. And I know he has two younger boys and what kind of men they're going to show up as when they're adults because of the example that their father set. I love it. It's just so inspiring, and I hope you feel the same way about it. Let us know what you thought. What was your big aha moment today? Screenshot the podcast. You can always tag Nick and I in it when you upload it to Twitter or Instagram. He is at Nick Tilia. You can find me at CSC. Dan Mason. Please, if you love the content today, share this with your friends on social media. Follow us here on the iHeartRadio app. Click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Would love to get some more reviews and ratings if you're so inclined to do so. And would really love to connect with you live. I'm creating a new online community where you and I can connect on a daily basis. There is a private Facebook group, our Power Tribe. For the Life Amplified listeners, you can join right now by going to facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified. Nick isn't even aware of this, by the way, but uh, I'm going to rope him in so that we can do a special Facebook Live to answer your questions and uh, just be able to interact with you one-on-one. Say thank you for listening to the episode and provide value to you and maybe give you some laser coaching and set you up for big wins in 2018. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified. Check it out and join today. Don't forget, you can find me on the web, creativesoulcoaching.net. You can sign up for free personal development materials sent straight to your inbox. And while you're there, you can always sign up for a complimentary 30-minute discovery call with me so that we can talk about your hopes and dreams and how to accelerate your success in 2018. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. Much love, everybody. I'll talk to you next time.